All right, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and uh, and we'll get started. Brother A.D., would you lead us, please? Yes, sir. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being here today. Thank you, God, for what we're about to be presented in your word. Thank you, Lord, that we might bring it to our heart to remember it, Lord, to understand what your wishes are for us, Lord. Lead us, O oh God, in a straight and narrow way that we need to go in. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, that would guide us in all things. Yeah. This family that's been mentioned tonight, Lord, bless them, give them the strength, the, enough of your spirit to overcome the trials and tribulations of such a catastrophe. Help them, Lord, to be strong in your word and know that they can't lean on you. We can know, Lord, today that only by serving you can we do what is supposed to be done. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your goodness to us. Keep your hand on us. Guide us, direct us in all things. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I'm sorry I neglected one other thing that I need to tell you all about so you'll be praying about, and that is uh, Kim, Kim Hammonds. Uh, she's got two sons, but one that comes and plays the piano once a while. He graduated this year, named Blaine, but she has an older boy, he's 22, uh, and BJ is, is what they call him. And uh, anyway, she found out uh, he had a, uh, a cyst come up on, I don't know which leg it was, and um, they removed it the other day and found out that it's cancer. And they said that the, uh, the, it did not originate on his leg. So Friday, they're supposed to do uh, the scans to try to locate in his body uh, where this cancer originated. So she's really upset. Her dad wow. is suffering with uh, cancer right now and he's under uh, hospice care. And so she's got a lot on her plate right now and uh, so she's trusting the Lord and she, she just really desires our prayer for her and her family. Because like I said, he's 22 years old and this is just a, out of the blue, it's a shock to them all. So I remember Kim in the prayers. And the reason wow. she hadn't been here the last couple of weeks Blaine, her, her son that graduated, uh, he's a member of the First Baptist of Atlanta. They've been doing a lot of senior uh, stuff with the, with their graduating seniors, and she's been with him. So she told everybody she ain't mad. She just uh, hadn't been here because she's been uh, with him. And so she'll, she'll be back soon. But uh, she was, uh, she's holding up pretty well. And so but she, it's got to be tough. Real tough, the unknown. So he meets with the uh, uh, cancer doctor also this week and going to do a plan of action. But first, they got to know where this stuff originated and, and what. They, she told me the type of cancer that it is, but I don't. I can't repeat it, so I because I don't. I don't remember. Usually, they know from what type it is, what the chances are, the treatment, or. Right yeah. off the bat, they know what it, which way they got to go. They know what it is, and that's the reason they knew it didn't originate where they, yeah. where they found where it showed up. Well, God so bless them. They got to find out where it originated and uh, and go to that point. So, anyway, I, I, that's all I know about. But let, let's surely be uh, in prayer for that family also. All right, we're in Leviticus chapter twenty. Where we're going to start Leviticus chapter twenty. Uh, we, we were 
just uh, finished talking about uh, the various laws and, uh, and how the righteous dealings and how we're supposed to deal and how we're supposed to be honest and uh, how we're supposed to treat strangers. And today, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the penalties that, uh, that the Lord, and you know, the, the Lord is tough on sin. He, he always has been, he always will be. The difference in, in, in this point and where we are today, he still sin still just is, can separate us from the love of God, from God, not the love of God. But the uh, sin can still separate us from God just like it always has. But there's a there is a a once and for all sacrifice that has been made for us through Jesus Christ, where we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Repentance, by the way, is still required. Confession is still required. And when we do those things, the Lord is quick and just to forgive us of those sins and to wash us in the blood of Christ. Now, aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Uh, at this time in history, though, uh, it, these, these sins required sacrificial offerings, blood sacrifices, uh, atonement offerings of all different types. And, and so uh, sometimes people neglected to do those things because it was, it was costly to them to sacrifice for animals or to take the time to go do what they, they did and everybody knew that they had sinned. They might not have known what the sin was, but everybody knew it. And, uh, and so uh, uh, it, it just gives us a greater appreciation for what Christ has done for us that, that we, we don't have to go through these things. But the, So it, it was easy for them. And, and you know, it's easy for us, and I say easy, Christ made it easy for us to be able to confess our sins. It, the hardest part for us is to admit to ourselves that we have sinned and that we need forgiveness of sin. Most of us know when we sin, we feel guilt from our sin and conviction from our sin, but it's another thing to, to, to humble ourselves before God. I don't know why we do it, but we do. We all do it. We're arrogant sometimes and we're stubborn sometimes about admitting our sin. And so the Lord uh, knew that when Christ came and, and made arrangements for us to be able to. Uh, he didn't make it easy on us. He made it harder. He made it, it was hard for Jesus Christ to do what He did, and we reaped a reward for what Christ did by His sacrificial offering. These people didn't have that, and so the Lord uh, has has issued penalties for for different degrees, and we. We don't like to, to say that penalty comes in different degrees, but it does. Whether you agree with that or not, I don't care. The, the word bears that out. That there's some sins that the Lord looked at and said, oh no. And, and there was a stiff penalty for those sins. There were other sins that were, required uh, 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 something to happen to them. There was a punishment, but not as severe as other sins. And so we, we need to keep that in mind. All sin is bad. And one sin will keep you out of heaven. Amen? Because there's not going to be any there. And so uh, uh, we need to understand that where God's coming from with all this stuff. So somebody read for me the first six verses of chapter 20 of Leviticus, please. I got it. Okay. <clears throat> and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Again thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever be he be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Molech, 
he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. And I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he hath given of his seed unto Molech to, fight, to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do any way to hide their eyes from the man, when he giveth of his seed unto Molech and kill him not, then I will set my face against that man and against his family and will cut him off. And all that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people. And the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to go a whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. Wow. Notice uh, in, in verse 2 how that starts off again. The Lord is very repetitious with these people and, and telling them about the sin. We know as we studied along, we, we've addressed some of the same sin over and over and over. There's a reason for that. God wanted them to make, to make sure they understood that these particular sins were going to be very expensive to them. Some of them were going to require their lives. In this case, Molech is God, uh, uh, a false god, a deity that was worshipped. And in the worship of Molech, he, the, the, the false god of Molech required, according to his loyal, faithful followers, a human sacrifice. Not only a human sacrifice, but a child sacrifice. And so the Lord, when he, when he addressed this situation, he, he made it plain to these people that they better not uh, sacrifice their children to Molech. Now, unfortunately, they haven't taken the, the, gone into the land of promise. They hadn't gotten it yet. But he knew that they were, they were su subject to these false deities as they traveled, as they intermingled with the people where they were traveling across these lands and it's, it, it happens several times as they're, as they're wandering across, headed to the land of promise, where they, they encountered other nations. And you know already they built a golden calf not very long after they left Egypt. So they were susceptible to this, and God knew that. And so he wanted them to understand that this is one thing he ain't going to put up with, was sacrificing their children. Now let me ask you a question. Is the worship of Molech, alive today. You better know it. it, it way worse than it was ever done then. Molech would be happy right now. Molech would be happy because this this nation and other nations murder babies on a rate that's uncomprehensible to us. If we knew the total number, and I, we don't really know the whole number, from, from early in, in the 50s and maybe even prior to that, where they did them in back alleys and things like that, where they did abortions, and how many millions of babies are killed every year. We have millions in this nation. Can you imagine? In China, they've been doing it for years. It's legal everywhere there because a parent is able to choose uh, whether they want a boy baby or a girl baby. And, and uh, so if they want a boy baby, anytime a woman's pregnant and they, they real, by the time they realize it's a, boy, a girl, then they have the abortion and they start over. And so that's something that they've, they've done 
uh, and for the last several years to try to control the population of China because it, the population is so big. And so these things are, are going to take place, it's rampant, it's just, it's just a, an old uh, sin with a new name, and there's lots of them, amen? He, he, and so he says, but I want you to look at how, how, what he says about this. He said, if you give any of your seed to Molech, that person shall be put to death. Now look, the people of the land shall stone him with stones. So the Lord required the people of the land, when they found out this had taken place, to take matters into their own hands and stone this person, or this family that was guilty of doing this. And then he goes on to say, and I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from amongst his people because he has given of his seed unto Molech. So, uh, and to, and he, the, he calls it uh, defiling of the sanctuary and a prof, uh, to profane the holy name of the Lord by doing this because the Lord God does not require us to give him a human sacrifice. And he don't stop there. He also says, uh, he said, if the people of the land decide to hide their eyes, in other words, that they, they turn their backs and don't see this, he's going to require a payment from them. And so, and, and if y'all ever read Romans chapter one, where it talks about homosexuality, it, 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 now this is New Testament we're talking about. He, he also says about the homosexuals that anybody who supports them will be in danger, okay? And so that's something that we, we need to think about. Well, we're gonna address some more of this here in just a minute. But he says, he said, so if these people hide their eyes from the man when he giveth of his seed unto Molech and they don't kill him, then he says, I will set my face against that man who has turned his back on, on it, who knows about it and doesn't do anything about it. And not only against that man, but against his family. And the Lord God himself says, I will cut them off. Now he, he's serious about this, amen? And so, uh, so he, uh, but I want to bring something out here. Are we still, are we still supposed to take things into our own hands today and kill people for doing things like this? He requires it of them here. Are we supposed to do that today? No. The answer is no. The answer is absolutely no. None of the fruits of the Spirit ought to kill anybody. No. But but see, if we're not careful, we'll get this, these attitudes that we would wish death. And you know, a lot of people, you know, here several years ago, uh, people in the name of the Lord or in the name of Christianity, the name of righteousness, was, was actually bombing these clinics where abortions were being performed. And they didn't care if anybody was inside or not. And so these type of things, when you look at this scripture, they say, I'm justified in doing this. No, you're not. Because when Christ came, he changed all of this stuff right here. Amen? And, and then it became what Brother Gary just quoted a few seconds ago. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And the book of James, it says that the wrath of man does not bring any justification to the righteousness of God. 
because we can't in our actions make God more righteous. God is righteous without whether we do it or not. And, and the Lord will take care of these issues just like he, and, and several times here when he says, I will cut people off, he don't require another person to do that. He's going to do that himself, his way and his time. And he's, going, he's doing the same thing today with these people who are rampantly sinning, immorality everywhere, the sex changes, all this stuff we look at and just gasp at, don't you think for one minute God ain't in control of everything still? Amen? This is what I couldn't understand about that so-called Baptist church up in Missouri. It was Missouri. Was it Westgate? Baptist church? Anyone that go to a uh, funeral? Yeah. To a military funeral? And protest against fighting, they would go and I think they were bombing abortion clinics. I've forgotten. Yeah. Since exactly what they were doing. I don't understand how they could come up with these justifications for doing what they were doing. If you ignore the New Testament, you can come up with the justification. Well, <laughs> You can't ignore the New Testament no more than you could ignore the Old Testament. Right. And so you, you gotta, you, you do have to understand that we're not allowed to do these things. And then he, he not only addresses this kind of, of sin where people are sacrificing um, their, their children, but he also in verse 6, he, he said, talks about familiar spirits and wizards and, and, and people who chase after that idea and those, those type of things, they like their palm bread, they like to look at the stars, they, they, get the, they get big kicks out of that. And he said, also I will set my face against that soul and will cut off from among his people. Now, now we, we teasingly uh, <coughs> kid about things like this. And God don't kid about these things. Amen? God's not teasing about these things. Now, I understand that you don't ever need to get a wizard confused with a magician. A magician does his tricks through foolery. The magicians, they had what they call magicians in Egypt. They called them magicians. But they were wizards is what they were. And they used uh, dark darkness or evil to be able to do the things that they do that mimic God. Now, uh, so it's a, it's a little bit different situation when it comes to a magician. We had a magician one time that came to our school and uh, our uh, uh, typing teacher knew him personally and he went around the schools and he just, he didn't do any, he, he, he wowed me and he, uh, he came in there and he told uh, some of the kids, he said, any of y'all know where a Coke bottle is outside? Of course, everybody raised their hand because everybody wanted to evacuate the building. But uh, a girl went out and got him a Coke bottle and he took a quarter and put it between his fingers and hit it three times, put that quarter in that Coke bottle. Now, I never have figured that one out. <laughs> but what was even harder, he poured it out. And so, you know, you look at that and it was some kind of trick that he did that he was really good at it. But uh, the, these people right here, uh, 
there, there was lives involved in this stuff and decisions, kingdom, not not godly kingdom, but earthly kingdom decisions made by this kind of stuff. Okay? And so the, therein lies a great danger that somebody's life or livelihood in their nation depended on what a wizard came up with for what they, they needed to pay, you know, how they needed to pay for something. And so the Lord uh, didn't like this kind of stuff. Amen? Now, the Lord wanted the Israelites to ask him. Now, they had a pecking order. And so they would go to Moses oftentimes and ask Moses to inquire <coughs> the Lord to tell them what to do, and he would. And, and so that's the way God wanted them to do it. He still wants us to do that today, by the way. And he's given us the opportunity and, and uh, to be able to go to him directly and inquire of him when, before we make any decisions that, are life, that could be life-altering to us. And he still wants us to do that. So he wanted to, to these people to, to, to not be in the habit of doing these, these crazy things in the name of religion and, and, and their children being sacrificed and they feel justified in doing that. And then he, he didn't want them to, to, uh, to chase after familiar spirits and after wizards. And so he, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut these people off that are involved in this kind of stuff because he wanted to get that out of the nation of Israel because they were his chosen people. And they chose, he had chosen them and he wants them to choose him. Okay? That still applies to us today. We are chosen when we're saved by the Lord. He chooses us. Amen? Amen. He expects us to choose him. And we think, well, okay, he's chosen us. He's, 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 he's uh, drawn us into a relationship. You have to answer that call. And you, you go to Jesus and he saves your soul. Does that stop there? Does that dependence on him stop there? No, that, it, that is a starting point. Where at, at that point, we are to always require our own selves to go to him. Yeah, it never stops. We should never stop doing that. When we do, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. Amen? Because <coughs> he's a jealous God. <laughs> he don't want us to make those kind of decisions on ourselves. And, and, you know, we're bad about asking other people. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking another person their opinion. But there's no substitute for asking God. Remember what Jesus said? Knock, and it'll be open to you. Seek, you shall find. Ask, and it'll be given to you. Sometimes the reason we go to other people is because we ask a question or we seek or we knock from God, and another person, whether they even realize or not, will give us the answer. That's the way God works, by the way, a lot of times. He gives you the answer, and he may use a child to do it. He may use a preacher to do it. He may use a Sunday school teacher to do it. It may be even happening on television. Who knows? But God can use any instrument he wants to answer you when you ask. You just got to be looking for the answer when you ask it. Amen? And so, uh, that's the way he's got everything set up, so he wants us to continue to do that. All right, now, he, uh, let's, let's look at the... Brother Sam, you're going to get to read this one. Ain't two verses. Read me verses <laughs> 7 and 8, please. I got it, everybody. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. And ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. Okay, so he says, beginning in verse 7, sanctify yourselves. Now, what does sanctify mean? Set aside. Set apart. Set aside. So he says, and, and this, this, is, this is the thing where when we get in the New Testament and Jesus Christ says in the book of St. John that he will be in you and you will be in him. Okay? So keep that in mind when you, when you, when you think about this right here, what he says in verse 7 and 8. He says, Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Now, you, when we get saved and we begin to live our Christian life, a lot of people say, well, okay, the Lord has saved me. He dwells in me. Now everything's cool. I don't have to do nothing else. And, and you know what? It's a dangerous teaching to, to teach that. It's a dangerous thinking to think that. Because he says right here, sanctify yourself. So if you believe that you've been saved, now you need to separate yourself from where he saved you from. That makes sense? Yep. That's the reason the things you used to do that were contrary to the will of God to the things you stopped doing. You sanctify yourselves. God don't make you stop doing anything. Well, a lot of people say, well, if the Lord wants me to stop that, he'll put a stop to it. You don't be saying that, he will. <laughs> what he told them people right there? He said, I will set my face against that man. Don't you ever challenge God that way. When he saves you and he empowers us to separate ourselves. Why do you think he says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. You separate yourselves from evil. I don't know about y'all, but I had to change my friends when I got saved. Amen. <clears throat> Am I the only one? Yeah. I don't. I, I didn't hate my friends. I couldn't run with them anymore, Troy, because I couldn't do what they wanted to do anymore. So that has to change. Does it mean you can't be an example to them? No, it's not. It don't. You, live, you become an example by not doing those things anymore. And the reason that you give them when, you, when they come up here and say, well, you don't never show up at the bar down there no more. Well, I got saved and the Lord required me not to show up down there anymore. And don't do it in arrogance and pride. Give God the glory. Amen. And so we have to learn to set ourselves apart, to sanctify ourselves, because God is holy and he expects us to separate ourselves from evil. Okay? And then he goes a step further. And you shall keep my statutes and do them. Now he says, you've you got to keep my statutes or my laws. In order for you to do that, you've got to know what they are. That's where our Bible study and study comes in. And knowing the word of God. Because you've got to know what God requires of us. Y'all let me tell you this. When we get before, stand before the Lord, 
ignorance is not going to be a plea that he'll understand. I don't know ain't going to fly with God because he's given us access to everything we need to learn. That's part of sanctifying ourselves, by the way. It's your responsibility to learn what pleases God and what don't please God. Some people say, well, that don't sound very fair. He's God. You got that right. And that's the way he wants it. And if he don't get it that way, guess what that is to us? That's sin. He says there ain't no other way to get there but one way. And when you got there, you got to have the wedding garment on her. They'll kick you out. Hey, you remember that parable he gave about the, the wedding feast? And there was one showed up didn't have the wedding garment on because they gave a wedding garment, which is the Holy Ghost, by the way. And there was a fellow come into that, that wedding feast and they said, walked up to him, you don't have the garment on, what are you doing? And you know what they're doing? They kicked him out. So we do those things his way. And then he says, and you shall keep these statutes. And, and he, I love the way he always throws this in. You shall do them. Knowing is not enough, Glenn. You've got to do what you know to do. If you don't do what you know to do, then you, you're wasting effort and brain power to know those things. He don't give us the word. He don't give us the laws. He don't give us the statutes for us to just know them. He gives them to us for us to do them. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then he says... I am the Lord, now look at this, which sanctify you. So you sanctify yourself, but he sanctifies you too. We are set apart because we dwell in, he dwells in us, but he sanctifies us because we dwell in him. Does that make any sense to anybody? <laughs> he dwells in us, but we also have to dwell in him. That's, that's what the scripture teaches us. When Jesus taught the disciples about the comforter of the Holy Spirit that was going to come, he says that he'll be with you. And they said, well, we don't know anything about that. And they said, oh, yeah, you do. He's been with you all the time, talking about himself. And he went on to teach them. He, and he, he, he made it a point for them to understand that something new was coming. He will dwell in you. That's, that's our garment. That's our seal. That's our wisdom. That's our understanding. That's our knowledge. That's our power. That's all those things. That's our inter interceding. When we don't even know what to pray for, He does. And when we don't know what the mind of God is, He does. He knows because that's who He is. And then He says He will be in you and he said, Jesus, here's the way he put it. I am in the Father. I will be in you, and you shall be in me. That's the way he puts it in the, in the book of John. And so we need to understand this, that we sanctify ourselves because we're, he sanctifies us too. When he sanctifies us, he gives us the power to keep ourselves separated from everything else. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Any questions about this? It's clear as mud. <laughs> well, I think it's like, you know, we give a lot of credit to 
Satan, devil, whatever you want to call him, but but all he really does, same thing he did with Adam and Eve, he gives us a choice. That's all he really does. Yeah. He can't make you don't make magic stuff happen. He gives he gives humans choices. Right. Uh, my way or, or God's way. And that's that's what he's saying here. I'm I want you looking for my way. I'm following, following my way. And I give you the power to do it. Devil don't uh, he don't do all the stuff we see on TV. He just gives you—he just gives you a choice. Did did the same thing with Jesus. The devil can't make you do anything, but he can tempt you to do anything. But he's giving you a choice. The Lord can make you do anything, but don't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now think about that. <laughs> he don't do it because he wants us to be a willing. Worshiper. He wants us to be willing to sanctify ourselves, to set ourselves apart for His glory, to set ourselves apart to worship Him in spirit and in truth, to set ourselves apart and not in an arrogant way, but not to be like the world, but to be like people who represent Jesus Christ. That's what He's talking about here. It, it's amazing that this stuff is in the Old Testament, but it comes to fruition in the New Testament. These people were required to live that way too. Salvation but is absolutely a free gift. It is a free gift. The sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's right. But after we get it, he's not, we still have our free will. That's right. He's not going to force nothing upon us. Right. We can make our decision about anything and everything. That's right. And over in Romans, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's up to us to be willing to live for them and be led by the Holy Spirit, like you said. Finish that scripture. That we present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God, which is what? Exactly. Our reasonable service. That's what the scripture says. That we present our bodies that way to Him which is our reasonable service because he's holy. Amen? Amen. And so that's what he's talking about when he says sanctify yourselves. According to that scripture in Romans, that's the least we can do for him. That's only, talking about which is your reasonable service, it's only reasonable because he's the one that bought us. He's that's the right. One that purchased and shed his blood for us. That's and right. We've been bought with his blood. Amen. And so that, that's a good scripture to, uh, to bring with this, this verse right here. It's because, you know, you see this little two, uh, two, two verses here and you don't think once about it you read what it says that we are to do because of what he is doing. Okay, so sanctification is, is, a, is, is something. That's why we need to separate ourselves. But like, uh, let me repeat this again, not in an arrogant way. There's too many people now who take glory and looking different. <laughs> and that ain't got nothing to do with it, y'all. Ain't got nothing to do with it. But uh, action, the doing part, does. Amen? Amen. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Somebody read for me verses. Nine, boy, this is going to be a long one here. Verses 9 through 21. Quickly. I will. Go for it. If I can read that far. 
For everyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely he be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. The man who commits adultery with another man's wife, he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. The man who lies with his father's wife has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed perversion. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man lies with a male, he lies with if a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man marries a woman and under I'm sorry. If a man marries a woman and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burned with fire, both he and they. And they may be no wickedness among them. If a man mates with an animal, he shall surely be put to death, and he shall kill the animal. If a woman approaches any animal that mates with it, he shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man takes his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and sees her nakedness, and sees his nakedness, it is wicked, a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness, and he shall bear his guilt. If a man lies with a woman during her sickness and uncovers her nakedness, he has exposed her flow, and she has uncovered the flow of her blood. Both of them shall be cut off from their bed. <coughs> How far are we, 20? 20? 21. 21. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, nor your father's sister, for that would uncover his near of kin. They shall bear their guilt. If a man lies with his uncle's wife, he has uncovered his uncle's nakedness. They shall bear their sin. They shall die childless. If a man takes his brother's wife, he is an unclean thing. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. All right, so I want you to notice in these things, we're not going to go over these things, but I'm not going to talk about some of these things with y'all tonight, okay? So you husbands and wife, y'all want to go over this at home tonight and talk about it together, that's fine. Uh, if some of you guys want to get together and talk about these things, that's fine. Uh, but we're not going to do it here tonight. What I do want you to understand and what I want you to see is that, that when he starts these things off and he gets down to about uh, verse uh, 16, everything that he mentions in there the death penalty went along with these sins. Now notice that. The death penalty went along with these sins. And they included a thing. Now, look, look at the very first one. What is the first one? If you curse your mother and your daddy, I'm going to tell you right now, just looking at these things, if these laws like this were still in effect today, that'd be, we wouldn't, a lot of us would not be here right now. 
Matter of fact, the population of this whole nation would probably be really thin right now. But I'll tell you another thing. If these things were in force in our world today, there'd be a lot less of it going on. Amen. Think about it. Cursing mamas and daddies. I have, I've heard some awful things people have said about their parents. And the Bible don't even say they got to be good parents or just parents or Christian parents. It don't say that. And so, and then it talks about committing adultery. Adultery is rampant in our nation. Nobody cares anymore. Everybody thinks it's okay. And so it's not. And it says they shall be put to death. Then it goes on down to, then to Ken folks. It talks about bestiality. And it also, in verse 13, talks about homosexuality. And it, notice in verse 13, everything uh, he, he talks about, he talks about they will surely be put to death, their blood shall be upon them. And verse 13 is, is where he says this is an abomination. That's the only sin in this group that he calls an abomination. In other words, it's something God detests, something God hates, something he's not tolerant of. When a man lies with a man like she, like as a woman. And the, the reverse applies when a woman lies with a woman like a man. The same thing applies. And so... You, you look at these sins, you look at the bestiality and, and you look at all these stuff about the sisters and the, the daughters and, and the marrying the uh, relatives in your family and, and he, he says they'll be cut off. He also says they will bear their own iniquity and then some of them will die childless. They will have no children because of the, of the, of the evil marriage that, that they have uh, done. And so when you look at these things and you and, and you and you see what's going on in the world today, and you say, well, was that going on then too? Uh-huh. It certainly was. And it just shows us that the evil that's in the world today ain't nothing new. The evil that's in the world today has been here ever since Adam and Eve first sinned. I take the I taped a movie on TV the other day, and I didn't have a clue what I was taping. I just, it just sounded like a neat name, you know. And when I taped it, me and Donald were sitting there, and it come up, you know how they tell you if it's got nudity or whatever in it. Well, it just, they had a whole paragraph. <laughs> Satan worshipers and children and all this wild stuff. And I'm like, oh, I know we ain't going to watch this. <laughs> and uh, I, we both got a did some, but I come back, and Brother Gear, it, it was it was a true crime movie. It was a documentary. This stuff that had really, truly happened. And the paragraph was that long of all the the bad stuff that was in it. But it wasn't a movie. It was it was something that really happened in 1971. Yeah. So we we we've been living with this oh forever. Not only were we living with it, our parents were living with it, our grandparents yeah. were living with it, their parents were living with it. I mean, you can go back to the, to to the 17th century and go into London with the with the or into America with Boston Strangler. And you can go with what was that thing in in Great Britain that, that they never did catch that guy? Uh, what 
Jack the Ripper. Yeah, Jack the Ripper. You, you just go back in history and, and he took advantage of, 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 of evil and darkness and hit and wasn't caught. Right. It used to be hid. I mean, they keep it keep it hid the best they could, I guess. Well, this was like right Charles Manson. Right out was. in a, a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, yes, sir. There was a time when people still had morals. <laughs> And tried to keep these things hid and shut down and in the in the closet and back down in the corners. Those days are gone. Oh yeah. People couldn't care less what you know about them. Mm -hmm. They yeah. won't brag about it actually. They, they want Christianity to be hidden. Right. Mm -hmm. They want it in the corner. They want it covered up. <clears throat> they want us to be ashamed of it. They want to point at us and say this is your fault because you're self-righteous and think you're better than everybody else. And, and so that's that's what we see in today's world. And, and it's not something new, by the way. It's something that's been here. So we look at all of these things, and we look at daughter-in-laws, sister-in-laws, aunts, uncles, and, and all this kind of stuff. It's always been taboo to God. Don't do these things. Amen? It's not right to lust after people in your own family like that. And so there's a, there's a penalty to be paid. Uh, okay, let's uh, somebody read for me verses 22 through 27. Let's Can I finish. ask a question first? Yes, sir. In 14 here, let me find it because mine doesn't, is not laid out. If a man marries a woman and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burned with fire. Mm -hmm. What do you reckon the, the difference was there? Because that's the only one where they were to be burned with fire. Mm -hmm. Because the Lord thought it that evil that a man would marry a mother and a daughter together. And what I gather from this is he would sleep with them at the same time. Uh, okay. It's it just yeah. what I think. Now don't say that. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. It's a blowout. Yeah, blowout. Big truck blew a tire out. I don't know going that way. Uh, okay. Any more questions about these things? Yes, sir. Just comment on the the sin problem and how God addressed it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, uh, you know, being under grace, we know all the lists that the epistles list. And uh, even on into the latter chapters of Revelation, all these lists of sins that are not going to take part in the kingdom of God. Well, as a sinner, even in the New Testament era, if we never repent and turn to Christ, we're guilty of all those lists. That's right. We're guilty of all that. So, the way he handled it then, certain ones he handled a certain way and this and that. In the New Testament, under grace, he's extending time. Second Peter, I believe, 3, talks about count the patience of the Lord as salvation. Because right before that he says, he's long sober, not willing that any should perish, but to come to repentance. So, it's stacking up. They're getting by with not getting away. You know, and the Bible talks about their sins reach the height of heaven. He sees all of that. And when, when the end comes, you know, we, we see a lot where I will recompense. I will repay. Vengeance is mine, like Rose said. You don't see that too much in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. Yeah. You know, and then he, he relies upon us to forgive others where they trespass against us, 
or whatever, or forgive them for that they know not what they do. Because we, we've been saved with such a great salvation, and He has permitted us time to repent. The grace, you know, it's not letting people buy. No, He's not letting people you know, buy anything. Letting so, so we, it, it's getting aware, and I hope this continues. It's not of my doing, but here lately I've noticed in my spirit, when I see somebody do something that really gets off on me, or the more heinous it might be, a voice in, in me comes up saying, you know, don't even point the finger. <coughs> you know, don't take it personal either. Whatever they're doing, they're not doing against you. So forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. So that's really the way God's looking at it. <coughs> you know, they, they've given ample time. He knows every heart to repent, you know. So they're in the same boat we were at one time. Yeah. Well, if you, if you remember what Christ said about the law, the law, the Old Testament, pointed out the sin, but it gave no remedy for the sin. It only gave a temporary solution for sin. Mm -hmm. Their sin could be rolled away. The wow. furthest they could roll their sins away was how long? A year. Mm -hmm. That's the furthest they could roll it. And then they had to do it all over again. So he said if anyone was guilty of one thing from the law, he was guilty of all the yeah. law. And, and it sort of pardoned them, but it didn't acquit them or justify them. That's right. Like the but because of, of what Christ has done right. for us, we do have an acquittal. Yes. Thank God we do. Yes. Thank yeah. God we do. It don't give us an excuse <laughs> to sin. Because we still got to sanctify ourselves and we got to be sanctified and we got to take that seriously. And so those that's a big difference in the Old and the New Testament. There was no justification for the sin. There was no no permanent resolution for the sin. There was only a, a, a pointing out of the sin. Christ gives us a permanent fix for sin. Right, that's why right here is he's telling us adultery is uh, a death penalty and Jesus said they brought him and asked what he would say about that same law they brought a the woman to him and he said y'all cast the first stone he without you right he, it, it all changed from law to to, to Jesus' intervention his grace right but not only that they even changed the law themselves because the man that she was caught with didn't get brought in front of her and this right here, he was supposed to be in there too. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yes, sir. There's a verse over the New Testament where it says that it is a shame to even talk about those things that are done in darkness. Yeah. Now, I don't think he's talking about us like we're talking about it this, this evening discussing stuff like that. But where it talks about talking about it in talking, it's a shame to even talk about it in darkness, the things that are done in darkness, is where people. There's, there's no guilt, no shame on their part. They just sit around and it's more of a brag. Yeah, it's funny. It's I'm talking about no, what no, somebody no, else no. done and what they've been doing. Yeah. You ain't even supposed to make mention of that. Uh-uh. No. And, and, and then you add to that TV. Think about it. It's exploited. It's blown up. It glorifies it. It's even invented. 
All of those movies that you're talking about just like that ain't documentaries about truth. Oh, I know, I know. It's just made up out of filthy people's minds. Can you imagine what it's going to be like 10 or 15 years from now? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you all an example, and then we're going to stop right here. We'll get we'll start on verse 22 uh, next week, which will be, uh, what day is that going to be? Day, the it's going to be the second. Second? Second? Yeah. Third? Okay. I'll put it down anyway. I don't know where we stop. I want to tell you this. I, I, I've always been a, a Superman fan. Uh, I always loved the old comic books, the DC comic books with Captain America. And How many of y'all ever do that? I used to collect them when I was a kid. I loved to read those things. They were heroes. They never did anything ugly. They never said anything bad. Superman was always honest when it would have been better for him to lie. He just he, he just couldn't do it. Have you noticed this 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 man, I don't remember his name, that, that made all of these uh, these films and movies, he always had a part in one. He'd show up, he was a gray haired man with glasses sort of like mine. He died last year. And he was of, a, of the older generation, and he kept these superheroes, superheroes, he, he kept them doing good. You didn't hear filth and cuss words until he died. And the new generation started making them superheroes. And what I've noticed is Captain America is no longer a good guy. And they started introducing filthy language into something that were superheroes to kids when we were children in comic books. Now they have made them filthy, talking, just villains is all they are. And that's the world we live in today. And that's why we need to not you know what, I used to say Superman was my hero, but not anymore. He ain't. He's fiction. But Christ is not. And he ought to be our hero. And you, know, you know, brother, there's another story along those lines. The way Walt Disney used to be, it, it, that has gone completely in the ditch. It is a mess what they're doing with Disney World now and the Disney films and movies. Yeah. That man died and it all turned over to If him. you could go to Walt Disney's grave right now, the bottom would be the top because he's steady spinning. I, I would think so. He's steady spinning. Ain't no grass on top, it's all dirt because he's doing cartwheels in his grave. If he, if he could see what they're doing to, to what he did. You can't hardly find a show period that doesn't have homosexuality right now. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Everything. Or a commercial. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And transgenders. Oh, you can't yeah. look at them now and tell whether they're men or women. And so just And you can't ask. <laughs> not supposed to y'all stand up. This is going downhill quick. This is these are things that the Lord has addressing and had we got, we'll get into it next week as to why he's addressing it. And was it going on then? He's going to address that too. And he's going to tell you the result of what happens when we live that type of life. 
Okay? That's what you got to look forward to next week. I appreciate y'all. Don't forget to, to pray for uh, uh, Sister Shirley's family, and don't forget to pray for uh, Kim's uh, son, BJ. And, uh, and y'all might want to, you know, give them a call and uh, tell them, let them know you're thinking about them, praying about with them about this stuff because they, they, they really in need for, for our prayers. Okay? All right. Brother Randy, would you dismiss it? Lord, it's come to you tonight. Just thank you, Lord, for blessing you that here. Thank you for your word, Lord, for truth to find it, Lord. We'll probably just take it and share it with those that may be lost or may not understand it, Lord. Lord, it's also we just lift those up as mentioned earlier, Lord, that we'll just be with them and just keep them lifted up in prayer, Lord, and just tell them that you're close, you're in a great position, and you're still doing miracles and working wonders today. We just pray for each one here tonight, Lord, we pray for the church. Pray you just keep us safe and healthy and travel to the front. Lord, we just pray that we just stay close to you in all things that we do. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Amen. brother.